Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Proverbs chapter 31, 1 through 5, 9 through 10, and 30. So there's a lot of reading that we're going to do together. You ready? All right. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is far worth more than rubies. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Hey, you guys sound real good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dan. Morning, everybody. Um, We're coming now to the last chapter of Proverbs, and we've been going through the book of Proverbs. And when I realized that this was going to be the chapter about the virtuous woman in staff meeting, I was like, any ladies in the staff want to come up with me or talk about this? I don't know if I'm really the one that should be up there. Talking about the virtuous woman. But thankfully, I don't have to because God's word should be talking and not so much me. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a little nervous jumping into this. So we're going to avoid it for a second. And we're going to bring up Drew and Trish. Come on up here, guys. Um, ah, man. And even worse, like I lost my, oh, my notes for my sermon right here. Sweet. We'll get back to you later. Um, hi, guys. Love you guys. Thank you guys for being here. Hi, Trish. Um, you guys know Drew and Trish pretty well. People are getting nervous, actually. Look at them, they're like, oh, no, what's happening in Drew and Trish? Nothing. We're excited. Uh, one of the things that we do here at Loon Mountain Ministry is we really desire and hope and pray and shoot for um, taking care of our staff's mental health, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. Um, and we're not perfect at it, uh, but we try. And our board of directors is really incredible, and they're very supportive of us. And uh, one of the things that Skip initiated, actually, uh, way back in the day, and it was after he had been here uh, without reprieve, I think, for like 15 years or something, he said, I need a sabbatical. And when that happened, he wrote into the bylaws, because I guess you can do that when you're like the only one around, uh, <clears throat> that uh, whoever you know, is working at the ministry full-time needs to take a sabbatical every seven years for their physical, emotional, spiritual, mental health. Well, We've been very fortunate. The Lindos have now been here for seven years. <clears throat> so cool. And uh, we're really, really excited. Also really nervous. I was actually asking before the service started, I'm like, hey, Drew, what's this wire do? 
What's, what's this thing do? What's that do? So we're like, ah, but God's been so good to us. Like I said last week, our setup crew is huge now. Um, but we are going to really miss them, but we're really excited for them. Uh, Trish also runs the setup for the, 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 the nursery and the, 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 the Sunday school and the scheduling and all. Um, but they are working to make sure that uh, they're helping us and we're helping them to kind of make sure, like, okay, let's proceed. They also have been really kind. Um, they are taking off mid-April to mid-July. So if there was kind of a slow month at Loon Mount Ministry, which I don't know if it really exists, but if there was some slowish times, mid-April to mid-July is those times. And so uh, they're going to be hitting uh, the road and uh, doing a sabbatical where they shut their cell phone off and their email off and are off for three months, which is really beautiful. So if you wouldn't mind, extend a hand towards the windows. Woohoo! It's really cool. And uh, we're, you know, they're in a planning phase because they're planning all this. I think they've been planning it for a while. Uh, But we also just wanted to tell you, because sometimes you need to help us remember, like we have staff meetings, we have board meetings, and we're going a million miles an hour. And sometimes I forget to communicate what's going on to you guys. So we wanted to keep you guys in the loop. Jesus, we love the Lindos. But what's really cool, God, is you love the Lindos in a way that none of us ever could, or none of them even could love the Lindos. Um, you love them. And you're already at their sabbatical. You're already there preparing the way. You're preparing their hearts. You're preparing their family. Um, I would ask God that you would um, bring a time of rest and relaxation, uh, healing. We are so, so thankful uh, for the Lindo family, God, and that they have committed um, their lives to you first and foremost, and then the calling that you've given them to commit to come to the the White Mountains in New Hampshire um, from Philadelphia, and they've been doing a beautiful job. So um, we're excited, God, to support them in this and to send them off with a big high five and a hug. But we got some stuff to do between now and April. So we're just praying for it. Never enough prayer. To name we pray. Amen. Amen. I didn't want Drew just to leave at the end of the service. There. I was a little nervous. But... Okay, my notes. Thank you, guys. Really cool. I think it's awesome. You guys uh, were very supportive of Heidi and I when we uh, went on Heidi's idea to walk through the woods. Um, but it was really cool. <laughs> and I do think that it's part of what has allowed God to do some pretty cool stuff in our own personal lives, but also in the lives of our church. And one thing I think that came from our sabbatical is that, you know, our church has continued to not gather around a loudmouth, right? You're not here, you know, for me, and praise the Lord, because that gets really old after a while. Ask Heidi. Um, you're here for each other, right? And, and that was part of, I think, the process there. And uh, again, I think probably administrative wise and dot the T cross the I wisdom wise, we're leaning on Drew pretty hard. He's pretty he's he's very steady as she goes. He's really good at what he does. And uh, so we'll feel it. We'll feel it when they are gone. Um, But God has been really, really, really good to us. And um, it's pretty crazy. Buckle up, because I'm pretty sure the Jenkinses leave the year or two after, which is crazy to think about that, too, because Nathan now has been here. Uh, for quite a while. So um, anyway, if you have questions about that, I should say this. If you have questions about what is a sabbatical, why are people leaving for three months, what does that have to do, my job's never offered that for me, don't even know what the word is, please come on in and uh, chat. You know, um, we went through that a couple of years ago when Heidi and I left. We'd love to know more. I'd love to have you sit down with our board of directors. Why do we do it? Um, Why do we think it's necessary? Um, All that stuff. What we don't want is for you guys just to sit there, have a thought, opinion, or assume something or whatever, and not connect with us and not chat with us about anything. 
whether it be sabbatical or how we spend money or why we spend our time, why do we build an espresso bar in the middle of the coffee shop, or not coffee shop, in the middle of the thrift shop, why are we going to Sunny River or Pleasant Mountain, why are we doing other things, what, why are we this, that, whatever, shoot, man, come on. We would love to continue to chat and talk and figure things out and work through you. Uh, this is a relationship, right? All of us are in this together. So um, does anyone realize that I'm uh, avoiding Proverbs chapter 31? <laughs> Doing a pretty good job. If I keep doing this for a little while, we could just say amen and go home. Uh, but no, it's the word of God. And the word of God says it does not return void. Meaning, when we look and we, we come into the word of God and we study the word of God and we just, just sit in the word of God, it, 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 and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, it enters our life. So we've been rolling through the book of wisdoms. Uh, the wisdom book, the wisdom literature series in the Bible, that is Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. We are finishing that up with Proverbs chapter 31. It's the last chapter of Proverbs, and it's our last chapter of our wisdom series that we've been on now for two plus years. Um, anyway, just a heads up, we're not coming out of wisdom because we think we still need some more. And there's this really cool book called James in the New Testament. And our staff has been talking about, hey, like, let's just keep this wisdom theme going. Um, James is the wisdom book of the New Testament is what some people call it. And um, you all have a, a, a access to Right Now Media. I'm pretty sure sometimes we even put that in the back of our bulletin sometimes. Yeah, right there, Right Now Media. Um, uh, if you want to get a head start, a jump on James, I would highly recommend um, Francis Chan's walk through the book of James. Um, and while we're doing the book of James, we'll be pointing you guys to the Francis Chan walk through the book of James. He does a really, really good job. Okay, I'm done avoiding it. Here we go. Proverbs chapter 31. Now we remember the book of Proverbs has been written by Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, and he wrote it to his son, right? So the book of Proverbs envisioned a father sitting on the edge. Well, actually, I don't know. In my own life, I don't know of many. I don't sit on the edge of my son's bed too much, and neither did my father. But we go, excuse me, we go for drives, right? My father was like, hey, McDonald's is doing two for one Big Macs. Want one or two? You know, that's how old I am. Two for two for one buck, Big Macs. That's how old I am. And there was a there was a McDonald's about a half an hour away from us, and we would drive. And on the drive, we would chat and whatever. And that's picture. You know, uh, Proverbs is like a drive with your dad, right? Or maybe a hunting trip, or maybe a ski trip, or maybe whatever you did with your father or your grandfather, and he was having a good chat with you uh, about wisdom. And so that's um. The book of Proverbs. What I love about chapter 31, right, is that it's actually the words of mom. How cool is it? So you should write this somewhere, and Drew actually said this, and I thought it was great. Mom gets the last word. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 31 starts out, and it says, these are the words of my mother, <laughs> and mom gets the last word word. And I think that's 100% true. Moms are absolutely incredible. And so when I really realized that about Proverbs 31, I was like, okay, I can go and preach on this because God's word is going to speak, but God's word actually here is speaking through a mother. 
Okay, so the, the, I want you to write, like, this is, I want you to get that concept. That Proverbs chapter 31 is no longer Solomon writing. It actually says these are the words of Lemuel from his mother. There's a lot of different ideas of who that guy is, but whatever he is or whatever it is, this is the words of his mother. And remember how important the female is in the book of Proverbs. The female is very important. In chapter 8, the book of Proverbs calls wisdom a lady. It says, Lady Wisdom cries out, and if anyone is wise, they would listen to her. Okay, so the female is wise. Everyone said, no, duh, right? She is. Um, And then this is the last words of the Book of Wisdom, and it is from Mom. So here are some words from Mom. And if you, where's my bulletin? And if you look here, what do most mothers say? It starts out with probably... My guess is there's a couple words that are at the top of the list of what moms say. If you're like, okay, if you were to compile all the words that a mother would say, what would be near the top? Well, guess what? I think here in chapter 31, verse 1, it's actually repeated three times. It says, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Ready? Listen. Listen. Listen, I bet you that if you took all of the words that mothers say over the course of raising kids, listen is pretty far up the list. And I've told you, we talked about it last week, and I was appreciative of my, my brother Dave, he and I were talking about it afterwards. We talked about the thesis statement of Proverbs is in chapter 9, uh, verse 10. And, uh, and I had kind of misquoted it last week, and this is great. This is why I want you guys on your toes and listening and keeping me accountable. I kind of like switched around the words a little bit. And it says, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And last week I said it was the beginning of knowledge. That's not right. It says, the, wi- the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then it says, and the knowledge of the Holy One which is really, really cool. There's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. That's not this sermon. Go look it up a different time, but, but there's a difference. And um, if that's the thesis sentence or the thesis verse, Proverbs 9, verse 10, right? And we talked about the, the conclusion has been here, and we'll talk about that. It actually talks about the fear of the Lord is the conclusion. It's the thesis, and it's the conclusion. It's what the whole book's about is fearing the Lord, meaning having an awe and a respect. A lot of you are like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be afraid of God? That's why I don't like religion. He's like some like big lightning bolt like guy in the sky that's just going to shoot you down. No, the fear of the Lord is, is the same as like having like an awe for a sunrise or a sunset or the awe that you have in a delivery room when new life has come into the earth or the awe and the and the wonder that you have in a thunderstorm i remember my first thunderstorm in the pemajawasset valley that was really i was like wow right i'm not in maine anymore um this was incredible um and so that's the awe the fear the wonder so if that was the theme of the book we could, we, could, we, could, we could sum up the whole book in one word. Listen. The whole book of Proverbs can be summed up in one word. Listen. What an incredible word, huh? And I actually don't have any authority to talk about listening. <laughs> ask my wife. Ask the people that I work with. Ask people, hey, I'm not a good listener. 
right? Fun fact about Marcus, one of the, one of the reasons why I tune skis at my house to connect with people is because I like doing something that helps me listen. So they sit down on the couch next to the old church van. The old church van seat is still in my tuning shed. A piece of that van will always be in my heart. And you guys remember that van? That thing was amazing. Anyway, they sit on the old church van seat in my tuning shed, and I tune their skis while we just talk about life, and they share, and, I, and I'm a better listener when I'm tuning. So I don't have a lot of authority uh, to talk about listening, but listening is absolutely crucial, critical, and listen would be the word of Proverbs, the one word of Proverbs. Here's some places where the word listen um, comes in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. I have a son right now who's 12, and he knows everything. Isn't that crazy? He can be 12 and know everything. It's pretty amazing. Hey, dude, this is how I know, I know, I know. Hey, bro, you got I know, I know, I know. Hey, dude, you got no, I know, I know, I know. Wow. Okay. And that really frustrates me in parenting him. And then I f- looked in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I wonder how much God feels like that with me. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. I mean, I know how that's how Heidi feels with me sometimes. I know, I know, I know, I know. Right? And I'm sure at working with me sometimes. I know, I know. Like, or, or for me, it's not so much that as an adult anymore. As a 12-year-old, it's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Right? But now as an adult, I'm going to take over the conversation and tell you all that I know. We chuckle because it's true. Right? That's a, that's a problem I have. It's something that the Holy Spirit is really working on me, and when he's not sufficient, Heidi jumps in. Right? Because I know a lot of things. What's really happening is I'm insecure and I'm trying to validate myself. It's exactly what my 12-year-old's doing. Him and I are very, very similar. Okay? And so Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own mind, but a wise man listens to advice. See that listen part. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where there is no guidance, a, a, a people f- fall or they fail. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety, meaning a lot of input from different avenues, listening again. Uh, Proverbs um, sixteen twenty four says, Gracious words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing the bones. There's a real benefit to listening. And sometimes I forget that. And that's not okay. There's a real benefit for listening. So Proverbs chapter 31 starts out with mom saying, listen, listen. And this, I would say, is a great, uh, the, the word picture is mom is sitting on the edge of the bed. Right? Mom is sitting on the edge of the bed. Moms are incredible, though, unlike dads, right? Moms are just so much more observant than dads. They really, really are, right? And I've told this story before, but this is like my mother when I was in college. So remember, this Proverbs was written to a young man, and this is no, no different. This is a mom talking to her young son about ready to go out into the world. And I know I went out. I was 1,500 miles away, right? I was over in Minnesota. And you know what? Because I, I grew up in western Maine in 1980 and 1990s. We did not have Internet, okay? We barely had cable TV, So when I got to Minneapolis, Minnesota, in 2001, they had this thing called high-speed internet that didn't go, like that's what internet did where I was from, right? But it didn't do that in Minneapolis. It went like this, 
joke. It was pretty cool. But guess what I found as a 19-year-old boy? The gateway to the world. Anything I wanted to see or hear or find out about, I could. And what did Marcus do? I went right for it, man. I went right down that road that many 19-year-old boys in college do, especially with the World Wide Web that I never had in front of me. Like, this is incredible. Well, this is how good mothers are. We didn't, we don't have the things we have now. I'm actually amazed. Like, literally, we got a phone call one time while I was on with coaching with kids, and they said, um, I see on my phone that my kid was going 78 miles an hour today at, four, at, 10, at 1042 in the morning. I'm like, what are you talking about? But I guess today with trackers, you can tell how fast your kid's moving, where they are, what they're eating, how many times their heart beats, I don't know. But in 2001, I didn't have a cell phone. I had a landline that was shared by my floor. So if you called, be like, hey, Marcus, it's your mom on the phone. She's calling you for the 17th time, you baby. You know, like that was my college dorm floor, you know. And, uh, but no, but it's crazy. It's now late at night. I'm exhausted. I'm not doing well in school. And I'm looking for a fix. I'm looking to feel good. And what do I do? I pop open the World Wide Web. Right? And I did what David did. In the times when kings should be out to war, David Googled women bathing on the roof. Don't Google that. Okay, that's what David did. And what's so incredible is ding a ling a ling ding a ling ling my landline rings, right? And I pick it up. It's my mom, okay? It's 10 o'clock in Minnesota. That means it's 11 o'clock in Maine. And my mom said, hey, Marcus, how you doing? I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you. I know that college is really hard, and it'd be really easy to make choices that would just really feel good in the moment, but it really creates some real destructive lifestyle habits in the future. just want to let you know that I just love you, and I'm praying for you. And you're like, uh, mom, is she in the room? Right? Like, moms are incredible like that. We didn't have a tracker, didn't know what I was doing. She just had the Holy Spirit. Way better than any app on the phone, by the way, right? The whole, she had the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit said, give your son a call. I know you're praying for him, and prayer does a whole lot of good. Um, so picture that kind of relationship. I'm very fortunate I have that relationship with my mother. Still to this day, I call my mom, hey, I'm dealing with this at church, or I'm dealing with this in my marriage, or I'm going to go talk to this young couple who's getting married. Uh, you know, this person's having a baby, or this person has lost a loved one. You know, what should I think about, say, do? And, um, you know, I had some incredible moments with my mother. So this is where Proverbs 31 is coming from. And the advice that this mother starts out with in the first, you know, tennis verses, right? Uh, the verse, like, first, first eight verses can be summed up like this. She says to her son as he's going off into the world, she said, Yo, son, if it takes money or looks to get a woman, you should pass on that woman. I'm like, Great, mom, I have neither. I'm all set on those ones, you know. But that, think about it. We do actually, I make that joke that I have neither. That's actually baloney. I don't have the looks part. But I'm from America, so we have, we have resources. And if it takes impressing, if it takes impressing somebody for them to come into a relationship with you, 
Mom says, pass. And that's exactly what my mom said when I brought home my first girlfriend from college. I was pretty proud because I was a freshman and my freshman girlfriend was a senior. And I said, all right, I'm bringing her home for Christmas and I'm going to induce to everybody in Maine. And I brought her home and I thought we had a grand time. I thought it was awesome. And she met everybody and it was great. And I'm like, isn't she great? Isn't this great? Well, she went home to Minnesota and I waited a couple weeks to go back to school. And my mom, over that week or two, said, not so much, Marcus. No, I, 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 no, I'm not, that's not great. She didn't tell me no. She didn't tell me I couldn't do that. She was just like, no, not, not awesome. And, and really, when I look back at that relationship, um, it was based upon what? Money, not really money, because I was a freshman in college, for crying out loud. I didn't even have a car out there. I had to borrow people's cars to go visit her. Um, and I obviously didn't have looks. And, but it was based upon emotions and things that country music's written about and, you know, and, and, and Disney movies were written about. You know, it was based on all of these worldly things that aren't eternal, that aren't deep, that aren't rich and beautiful. And my mom called it out from two miles away. But she did it gracefully, right, versus my dad would have been like, well, that was dumb. Why'd you do that, kid? You know, versus mom's like, nah, I really don't think so, da, 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 da. right? Um, so she first says, if it takes money and it takes looks, pass on that relationship. Next one, she says, son, don't use things to forget things. Let me say that again. Don't use things to forget things. Because whatever you're trying to forget, you'll also forget what you need not forget. And a lot of us conservative Protestants love to point the finger at alcohol. And it does use the word alcohol in here. And a lot of people do use alcohol to forget, to numb the pain. But they also numb, it says right here in there, the decrees of the Lord. And in numbing the decrees of the Lord, they also forget what their purpose is here on life, to glorify God and the good of others. Let me say that again. When you do things to forget, you also forget what you're here for. And if you look at this and say, well, I am a good Christian. I don't use alcohol. Baloney. You're using something in your life to forget. Shoot, you can use church as a way to forget the decrees of the Lord and to forget what your purpose here is on life. If you're a consumer of church, if you're a consumer of coffee, if you're a consumer of clothes, if you're a consumer of your own time, if you're a consumer of the Bible, if you're a consumer of the Christian culture, if you're a consumer of your children, or if you're a consumer of safety, if you're a consumer of your kids' future, if you're consumed by these things, you are doing something to offset something else. And in the process, you're forgetting the decrees of the Lord and you're forgetting why you're here on earth. And that is to glorify God and be the good for others. And that's exactly what mom says to this kid. At the end, she said, don't drink, because when you drink, you forget what God has done. You forget your purpose here in life. It's to glorify God, and it literally says, it literally says, don't forget. It says, lest you drink and forget the decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their right. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And when we're consumed with things we forget that. 
And conservative Christian, do not hide behind the fact that you don't drink or you don't do other things that, the, that are socially not accepted. Because there's a many of people that have used Netflix to forget to help the poor and the needy. There's a many of people that have used Bible studies as a wall to keep them from doing what God has intended them to do. So don't point the finger at alcohol. But mom is wise. There's, she's saying this to a 20-year-old kid. <laughs> so there's a reason why alcohol is brought up. Even 4,000 years ago, whatever this was, she's talking to a 20-year-old dude. And she said, hey, yo, don't watch out for that bottle. It's like that old country song. I have a habit of picking things up that I can't put down, you know. So mom says, hey, watch out. And then she says, look out for those who really need help. Well, then she goes into this verse. And hey, these are not my words, guys. These are the words of the Lord, but these are also a word of a mother talking to her son about who to look for in a spouse. Okay, just so you know that. I, my prayer is that you women in the room don't leave here saying, Oh my word, there is no way I can measure up to Proverbs 31. Thanks a lot, Marcus. She just got done telling these things to her son about himself, and now she moves on um, to the daughter, or to, the, to, the, to her, his future spouse. But before we do that, I want to tell you a little story, history. I love music. Who loves music here? Right? I love music. Well... In 1973, there was a bunch of long-haired southern rockers that really didn't like their gym teacher. Their PE teacher made them cut their hair or would not pass their grades. One guy actually bounced out and dropped out of school because of it. Well, do you know what this gym teacher's name was in southern Florida? This gym teacher's name was... Leonard Skinner. You nailed it, Richard. The gym teacher, the PE teacher's name was Leonard Skinner. And in 1973, Ronnie Van Zant lost his mother. And Steve, the other guitar player, lost his grandmother. And they were really sad about it. They were mourning, and they were probably using some substances. And they were at Ronnie's apartment. And they were really mourning their mother's. And their grandmothers. And Ronnie said, you know what? I'm going to write something down that my mother said. And he said this. Ronnie wrote these words in 1973, remembering his mother. And he said, oh, take your time. Don't live too fast. Troubles will come and they will pass. You'll find a woman, yeah, and you'll find love. And don't forget, son, there's someone up above. It's Proverbs chapter 31, folks. And don't forget, son, there is someone up above. That's the entire book of Proverbs, guys. That's the fear of the Lord. She's saying, fear the Lord. The song is called Simple Man. And Ronnie and Steve wrote it in an hour. It was on their first album. And Al Cooper, their producer... He heard them play it, and he said, eh, too weak. Don't like it. 
we're not going to put it on the album. Ronnie lost it. Lost it. This was in the memory of his mother. This was his mother's word. And his producer said, no, not going on the album. He blew up and in a rage told the producer to leave. The producer left. Big fight. The band said, we're recording this. We're in the studio. We paid for this. They recorded it. Still fought till the day that they actually produced the album. Ronnie won out. Simple Man was put on that first album. A few years later, the band went down in a famous plane crash. And to this day, Simple Man is etched into all of our minds and has three to four hundred million listens on Spotify. That means every person in the United States has listened to, to Simple Man at least once. That's how much. From what? The words of Ronnie's mother. So just like I said, the words I had from my mother, Ronnie Van Zant had a mother too. She gave him words. These are the words of Proverbs 31 to um, her, 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 her son about who to look for. And here's the advice she said. A couple things. One, look for a worker. Look for someone who works well, works hard and understands how to work. Look for a worker. Look for someone who's smart, who doesn't just work, but makes investments and sees things grow. Not only seeds in the ground, but also investments. The Bible literally says she sees a field, she buys it, and then she flips it for a profit. That's what it says, right? Then it says someone who's compassionate. This compassion is a huge thing to this mother. She told her son, you better be compassionate. And you better not drink. You better not drive. You better not skydive. You better not snowboard. You better not ski. You better not do all these things and forget compassion, son. Right? Forget compassion. If you look at the bottom of my email, it's a quote from the Prime Minister of Denmark. And it says, without passion, nothing happens. But without compassion, nothing good happens. There's a lot of people in a ski town that have passion. That's awesome. But do we have compassion? Different. And Proverbs 31, mom says, hey, look for someone who's compassionate. I love this next one. Look for someone who has a good sense of humor. It says that. It says she looks at the future and she laughs. She's got a good sense of humor. You might know, not know this, but Heidi actually has a good sense of humor. She married me, so she has to. Look for someone who has a good sense of humor. This is something interesting. Look for someone who's good with kids. It says it. It says, children praise her. Look for someone who's good with kids. And then the last one. This one's in your bulletin. It says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Don't look for someone who's popular or pretty. Don't look for someone who's popular or pretty. I love that mom spend so much beautiful time speaking of who you should look for. My dad summed it up like this. So for the rest of you that need the words of a father like me, it's short. My dad said, well, Marcus, if you want to do ministry, you got to marry a wing and not a weight. I said, what? He's like, you better marry a wing and not a weight. 
<laughs> I was like, thanks, Dad. All right. So then I found my wing out in Minnesota. Boy, am I thankful that I did. Right? Then it ends like this. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's the second to the last verse of the book of Proverbs. So, if you're here and you're a female and you're like, oh my word, worker, smart, compassionate, good sense of humor, good with kids, not popular or pretty, you're like, ah, oh, it's a big list. Guess what? If you fear the Lord, the rest are going to fall in place. And the moment that you continue to mess up because you're human just like me and just like the one sitting next to you, continue to fear the Lord. None of this is possible without the filling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit fills us when we're in awe of God and say, I need you. Please come into my life. And each day we're like, God, I need you. I need you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One. Oh, take your time. Don't live too fast. Troubles come and they will pass. You'll find a woman, yeah, and you'll find love. But son, do not forget, there is someone up above. The fear of the Lord. Whether you're a female or you're a male, you're single, you're married, you're an empty nester, you have kids, you don't have kids, you are a kid. Each one of us need to come away from the book of Proverbs and say, Lord, I want to fear you. I want to know you. I want to be awed by you. I want to be wowed by you. I want to be inspired by you. I want to be filled by you. The fear of the Lord. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you use mothers and you use fathers. God, thank you that you, in your body, we don't actually uh, have to have an earthly mother, an earthly father, Lord. We know there's a lot of people that, that, that don't have the blessing of that, or they don't even have a good one. But that's what's so beautiful, God, about the body of Christ. We can be mothers, we can be fathers to people, and we can be fathered and mothered by others. God, ultimately fathered by you. So thank you for your word. Thank you that you love us and that you point us in the right direction. We're sorry that we love to take detours and stray and do our own thing. Thank you that you are patient and kind and you are slow to anger. You're compassionate, full of love. And even though we stray and we go left and we go right and we, we get freshman girlfriends in college that are seniors, you still care for us. You still pick us up when we put it in the ditch. Dust us off and you say, I love you. You fill us with your Holy Spirit and you point us in the right direction. God, help us to fear you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.